this week in car audio. audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in. We'll be talking about bass, talking about chips, talking about rings. You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem, you haven't found, check your grounds. This show about to start. start. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Tune in, 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 tune Hey, tell us a quick thing about you real quick before we head over and uh, talk to Nick here. What uh, you doing? Yeah, so and... thanks for having me on, Doug. Um, I am a newer judge taking over for Jeremy Weber's area. Um, some of you watching might have seen me at finals on the East Coast. Um, really only been doing it by myself for about a year and a half. Um, and just trying to, trying to get in and learn more. All right, cool. So he is, um, what were you, are you Midwest North or what would you call your, um, your region? What, what States, what, you know, what, what stuff like that? Yeah, kind of, kind of Midwest. Brandon Rosser does up to the two X's kind of over in Michigan area, but I've done shows in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. Um, I did do a three X in Michigan. So kind of, kind of the Midwest area centered main most of our shows are in wisconsin okay all right and hey there's sq sounds chiming in from barbados says merry christmas to everyone uh you know them tristan and tiffany right nick i do know them oh yeah they're chiming in there we're from... actually waiting on an email from her right now <laughs> all right tristan you've been called out uh uh tiffany you waiting on tiffany or tristan i don't know Tiffany's. their dynamic okay so tiff Oh, yeah. Tiffany's on Facebook. Tristan's on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> All right. So let me hear uh, real quick and just hit a couple of people on here. We got uh, Saya Vak. We got Tom Selleck, Rob Collar, Jeremy Becker chiming in. Uh, uh, Jay from Jay's Alarms. He said he's in Kentucky right now. Rob Collar, Ray Maestas all watching. Bo Borden, uh, Tiffany Paris. Uh, Woody McDonald, uh, Ray Maestas says Happy New Year to y'all. But okay, so let's get to it, Nick. Um, there's some other things we are going to talk about tonight, but first and foremost, um, let's. Uh, so you've been on here before. We kind of introduced your company, which is uh, Incriminator Audio. Um, what? Uh, so just real quick, at World Finals, um, do you, did you guys tally, uh, tally your numbers and? Who, how many competitors and championships and all that yet? You think we would as much as much as we do DP drag racing, but I I couldn't tell you. There there, there was a quite a few of us. Yes, there were. I, I mean, I, I have to say, on East and West, we had uh, you know the the incriminator guys drove from back east over to the west, and obviously on the east, you know, you have Bo Borden, you have Gorman Cassidy, you have uh, Rob Collar, who's been on here multiple times. So, um, but yeah, no, so, so we have a handful of people. Uh, why don't you tell us about this new subwoofer you got out there? Uh, yeah, so we are basically in the next week, week and a half going to come out with the, the new Warden 
Um, this is what we call the every revision is the, the new R, whatever it would be in this case. The, the current one is the R3. Um, we're going to start out the new year with the R4. Um, basically, the we'll start from the beginning. The, the original one was basically meant to be a burp-only driver. Uh, this was before the base race, base boxing, street beat, all that type of stuff that we do now. Um, so basically, it was it was a pure pure burp woofer. Had a tight gap, um, you know. Had it was basically just made for burps. It didn't. It wasn't made for long duration music, anything like that. And uh, that worked out really well for us. Well, the the second version, the R two, um, we started playing around with opening the gap up, going to a bigger coil. Uh, we lost some motor force as a part of that process, but those woofers um, did really well in those, you know, average classes, so to speak, where you're playing music for 30 seconds or one minute or, you know, bass boxing or bass race or what have you. Um, and then the R3, the one we have now, basically took the two worlds um, and put them together where you get something that can do the best of both. Um, and then basically the R4, what we're coming out with next is basically just a super sized version of that. So basically a woofer that can do anything um, and it's got quite a bit more motor force. So there's a substantial out, you know, output difference uh, in, the, in the lanes. And that's what everybody wants is, you know, we're showing about one, 1 1.8 or so, give or take between the three and the four. And, and uh, so what is the motor on this uh, ferrite? Um... Neo, what what are we doing with the motor? Yeah, basically it's a it's just a new version of the of the Neo. Um, that you know we all the two our two design goals for this driver was we wanted it to be louder, obviously, and we wanted it to, wanted it to weigh less. So um, we hit both of those. Like I said, we're almost two dB louder in our, our testing in house, and our testing in house tends to be a little more stringent than you know a real world competitor because you know we're doing it in a test box where it's a, more of an extreme style application. Um, so that was the first goal. And the second goal was it needed to go on a, on a diet. So we shaved about 20 or so pounds off of it. So it's a lot easier to handle and, and deal with. Yep. But, but we all know about those garage scores. So, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Hey, if we, if we did a garage score world finals, do everybody be beating Alan Dante, they'd be destroying him. You know, we'd all be in the one eighties. Right. Well, I mean, it's, I guess technically it would be a, garage score at the moment but uh uh in a couple of weeks uh everybody will find out for sure no that that's cool I, I i'm just giving you a hard time about that nick it's just like I said um we hear that you know uh competitors we as judges oh they pull into the lanes oh dude it's coming it's coming i got this one i got this one i'm gonna hit a 155 today <laughs> 152 what <laughs> uh. I do. I hear that so often. What about you, uh, Wyatt? Yeah. Usually, usually my guys are like, I haven't metered before. My ear tells me it's going to do a 150. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nick, uh, speaking of that, do you get those calls at your shop? Well, I, you know, I'm hitting a, a 192, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, maybe purchasing your woofers. You think you can get me over 200 DB? Those calls don't really bother me as bad as um, the people who call and say, hey, I'm in GB Drag or Mecca or pick pick any format you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I've never competed before. 
and I want to like let's we'll just use DBJ for example. Okay. I've never competed before, and I want to build a super street or an extreme car, and <laughs> I want you to tell me what to do so I can compete and win. And I'm just like, so you you want to build either a super street, like a super street five plus vehicle, and you want yep. to go do a 170 plus, and you want to win, and you want me to tell you how to do this in a 10 minute phone conversation over the phone. That's Absolutely. those are my favorite. Oh. Hey, but but he's bought two tens from you, uh, the lethal injections. So he's already there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get into that sometimes and whatever. It's a uh, it's very interesting to explain these things to people sometimes. And um, and the ironic part is most of the time they've never even been to a show. So when they I say, well, you should just go and see it first, and then they call back and they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> Yeah. So, so speaking of that, so um, do give us a quick rundown of your lineup again, as far as uh, the level of subwoofers and um, what you guys, you know, price sure, points. We the, yeah, we got the uh, the I series, which is our stamp steel five hundred watt RMS two and a half inch cold driver. Um, those are in the like the one fifty range, and then we have the lethal injection, which is the next step up, which is the one thousand watt three inch cold. Um, you know, those are in the high twos. Then from there, we step up to the, uh, 1500 watt model, which is soon to be, uh, we're changing some of those out. So something newer as well too. So, uh, then you have, you know, it's kind of a mid model, like a 1500 watt model. Um, it's, it's in the four range, uh, three inch was cool. And then we go from there, you go to the death penalty, which is one of our biggest sellers that we have. Um, it's a, it's a, the new model is the R7. It's an eight layer coil. Uh, it's about a 600 price point. It comes in 12s, 15s, 18s, 21s. Uh, we offer it for competitors. So it comes in dual one, dual two standard. We also have dual three, five, dual five, um, you know, and all the different suspension compliances you want. And then that's the same with the rest of the line. Then up from there, we go to the, from the 2,500 watt death penalty, we go to the 3,000 watt judge. Same thing, all the different core configurations and sizes. And then from there, we go to the warden, which is the as of currently the biggest thing we make. We're we're gonna come out with uh, sometime in 22. You're gonna see a four inch cool version. Um, that's gonna be a new 5,000 watt. Everybody wants these big crazy ones, so um, gonna be a big reserve eight layer coming probably in the next few months. All right, no that that's cool. You have any questions for him so far, uh, Wyatt? Yeah, so something that people may not be thinking about is, um, I know for me right now, supply chain stuff is becoming a concern. Some of these competitors that are maybe thinking about ordering some of these, um, has any of this really hit you guys? Are you seeing long lead times or is it pretty much when they come out, you guys are ready to rock and ship them out? Um, it's kind of hit or miss depending upon what it is. Um, some of the models that we have are, are not really affected because they're, you know, we already had supply available or something that was already in works for all this happened. Some of the other models are, have been heavily affected. Uh, like I said, the death penalty is one of our number one sellers. Uh, that model has been in and out of stock multiple times just because the new model has a different voice coil that we can't get that new, that new style coil for it. So that's caused some problems. Um, and then we've had multiple delays. We were actually were hoping to have the new, the new warden out before finals. That was kind of our mission: is to sneak a new one in at the last minute, um, and be able to have a, a pretty good advantage going in. But uh, supply chain disruption, you know, didn't let any of that happen. And ironically enough, 
we would have been able to have the driver ready about a week, week and a half after finals when it all came together at the right after it would have all said so after that we kind of put the brakes on and decided to try to re you know try to try it again but no we have had supply chain issues all year uh we've had a lot of uh, patient customers and we've had some orders that's taken you know three four five months to ship just because we don't have you know something you can imagine and but luckily like i said most customers have been patient and the other and the other rest of them understand because they can't get something from somebody else as well too so it's kind of just given it just kind of is what it is yeah absolutely um i do have a question over here from uh tristan paris out of barbados uh he says nick have you guys ever thought about doing an eight inch subwoofer yes and yes and um we are currently tooling the eight inch shredder platform right now um that's going to be a new project for 22 i've had lots of customers ask about an eight uh, the shredder platforms, the high excursion stuff that we've been doing, and we've been kind of taking our time. We've had so much other projects going on. You know, we just launched all the new amplifiers, so all that's kind of we've got about half those in, and the other half are about to come. So we're going to have a whole new line. We got a new five channel, um, you know, all kind of stuff. It's that's we've got a new big four channel. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so uh, th this past year, because supply chain problems, a lot of things got delayed. That's one of them. So we have been testing out some two and a half inch and three inch, uh, eight inch drivers, uh, trying to get that narrowed down. And hopefully by summer or so, we'll have something like that, you know, in the 800 watt range. Um, I will say there are some good quality eight inch drivers out there currently on the market. So that may be a tough one to, you know, crack on there. But um, typically you will find people that are loyal to a brand have no problem buying the eight inch Right now, that that will help fulfill a gap uh, for some of your clients, like motorcycles, maybe some door pods, or especially like you were talking about, like those cyclone guys or those demo guys, right? Uh, Eight-inch yeah. drivers are an important part of those uh, type builds. So I understand that, and that's actually great news. Um, your amplifiers, your IX amplifiers, uh, you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about those? Sure. So, um, you know, the competitors are all worried about this, you know, the 6.1, IX 6.1, which is a 6,000 watt model. We also have the IX 8.1, which is the 8,000 watt model. And then we also have the IX 15.1, which is another one of those last minute things you got to see at finals that came in. Those are the new 15,000 watt amps. Um, and then we've been spiraling that backwards. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a 4.1 coming out. It's a 4,000 watt model and then we're trickling down there's going to be a 1.1, 2.1, .1, 2.1, 3.1. Um, we got the new 12.4 out, max 12.4, which is a new 300 by four. And then about uh, two weeks ago, we just released the new IX 17.5, which is the first time we've ever had a five channel. So we've got, uh, you know, basically like 125 by 25 by four, and then a 1200 by one. A, a lot of our, uh, I just talked to one of my retailers today that loves these amps just because uh, one-stop shop you basically have a 10.1 and a 6.4 in, in one package so uh that's been uh, a big hit so far for us well like again uh once again just like i talked about the eight inch that's also you're just stop gapping so you're filling in these gaps that people have that you had in your lineup which is absolutely an awesome idea um i can appreciate that you know as you know my background in manufacturing and uh and, you know um with where we were but 
that's great that you're doing that. That's, I mean, I can't even express how cool that is that you are filling in those gaps. Now, the next thing you need is head units. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to dig into that market, but we've got lots of cool things we're working on. Um, you know, we've been getting beat up by a lot of retailers for a nice shallow mount. So we're trying mm -hmm. to come up with, uh, we got some prototype stuff. We're trying to get all that worked out. I, I talked to, you know, at least a dozen of those and they all want something, you know, like a 12, for example, something that's four and a half inches or less. Um, so we've been able to come up with some pretty creative things for that. So, so like the back of a GMC type, uh, yeah. Yukon or whatever, the yeah. replacing the factory guys, sub. Yeah. So a lot of people want that type of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, we, that's, that's shallow mounts are not really easy to get into. And especially the ones like we want to do something, you know, we want to do something that's going to at least be, you know, seven, yeah. 800 watt range. Right. Um, and has, you know, the, we have one right now that's going to be probably 750 watts. Uh, and it's got about 15 millimeters of throw, which is fairly impressive for something that's in a four or so inch package. So, um, so yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff like that we're trying to do. We've got a lot of people. We, we, uh, <clears throat> about a year, year, year or so ago in the middle of COVID, we had a little bit of extra free time because we had about a month where it's kind of slow. And, uh, we asked a lot of the retailers, Hey, what do you want? And, uh, you know, I didn't really know we were going to get the mountain list. So we've been trying to, you know, go through those, prioritize those and, like I said, the five channel was on there, which we have now. The bigger four channels on there, and then you know the eights, you know they're coming. And then you, I know there's a, you know, I'm sure after this after this goes out, I'll get ten more people tell me ten more things they would like to have. So, yeah. So uh, one thing that you didn't bring up that I think is an important uh, feature of your IX brand is that it's a regulated power supply. Yeah. So, so that's, that? that's one of the things is is that um, you know. <clears throat> I don't know, a lot of these new competitors probably don't know, but, you know, back in the day, like when we had the big, you know, MTX Rockford days from way back in the day, 20 years ago, you know, uh, we didn't, power wasn't prevalent like it is now. It was, it was hard to do. So a lot of these competitors were cutting out protection circuits and we got into the whole no. 16 volt thing, you know, to try to get that going. And, you know, and at the time we were all for it because you had to have the competitive advantage. And, you know, I've been, I've been talking to Wayne for two or three years now, you know, telling him, you know, this whole voltage thing is, is nonsense. You know, it just needs to go away. You know, when, when manufacturing, you know, DB drag was one of those things that made everybody competitive and we did it to be competitive. But the problem is, is we started going too far in left field trying to be competitive that we got off the main page. No one needs a, you know, an, a, an amplifier, like, a, you know, our IA line that we're basically replacing now a lot of those amps are stable up to 19 volts because these guys had these 16 volt charging systems that were going to charge them to the 18, one, 18, two range. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're getting away from where we need to be. So I've been pushing Wayne for a long time. We need to get back to that. And, you know, and now's the perfect time because most of these guys are either running caps or lithium or some variation of, and it's just a situation where I call my guys and go, Hey, I, I called Gorman and, you know, Bo and all them and said, Hey, you know, we're making this move. And, they really just said, all right, well, we're just going to buy some new bus bars and we're going to rebus them. And, you know, we're going to gain some capacity because that's just how it's going to be. Cause we're going to, you know, our banks, we're going to have more banks. Right. So now's the perfect time to make that transition. So I've been pushing for it for a long time. So if I'm going to push for it. We're going to have to do, you know, go forward as well too. So all the new lamps are regulated, you know, they're all stable up to 16 volts, you know, like, like Gorman and Bill, Gorman and those guys, you know, they were, they were all charging to like 15, 15, one in the lanes. And, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about going over 18 or any of that because 
you know, as long as they stay, you know, 12 plus, they're going to get the same amount of power no matter what. So um, I want to see a time where we don't have any more of these high voltage amps. There's, there's, we need to start phasing them out. I would agree with that. Any thoughts on that, uh, Mr. Wyatt? Uh, no, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I haven't been around long enough to, to see all the creative <laughs> solutions people came up with for, uh, bypassing and, uh, getting the most out of it. But, um, no, it sounds, sounds like a lot of cool stuff happening. Oh yeah. There, there's, there's been some creative solutions as what we'll, we'll call that. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of bending the rules, stretching the rules, really stepping on its back and pushing on its head. Yeah, we we've been uh we've been flexing the rules quite a bit on uh trying to make that 18 volts. That's why we had to put that in there as a maximum. Um there was the back in the day, they had the Harrison Labs, right? Which was essentially it was a battery charger that you called an amplifier. So, it put out 12,500 watts at 60 hertz and essentially you just plug it in, right? Hmm. And um the more more voltage you give it, the more power it produces. So um, we had to put in there. That's why, you know, there's rules in place. Has to be a car audio uh, related device and whatnot. Um, so now that we're there, um, let's start with uh, Wyatt there. Wyatt, so last week we talked a little bit about rules and some uh, stuff. And for you guys that don't know, um, Nick, how long have you been participating in DB Drag, either on the manufacturing side, competitive side, or just pit crew? The beginning, probably 97-ish. Okay. 98-ish. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, just for you guys that don't know, the first time I met Nick, he um, I don't he may have even had Incriminator at no he didn't have Incriminator because that, that would have been before I knew him. So, so he was there at World Finals, and I believe it was Alan Riley's van, and he blew like seven of his 12 or nine subwoofers and Nick jumped in and helped him switch out every single subwoofer because you only have five minutes. If you blow something and you tie, you have five minutes to rerun again. And I bet Nick, you were part of that line of just people throwing subwoofers in the guy's car. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about when Scotty Johnson, was it Scotty's? It was Scotty's man. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, that was an awesome thing. Uh, you, you know, it was people from other teams. There was a, two guys inside the box freaking wiring subs up. Guys just freaking loading them in, pulling them out. Uh, yep. That was one of the most impressive pit crew maneuvers I've ever seen at World Finals. Yeah, it was the re and what one of the things that all people don't know that made it pretty impressive is Scotty had one guy that helped him. He was this big, super strong guy, and uh, they would get enough screws. He was using drywall screws. He'd get in, he would get three or four screws out enough he could get his hand under it, and, and the guy it would reach under it and break them off because they didn't have time to take all the screws out. And then they would just turn the sub a little bit and yep. then just put in new ones. And that's how they were changing. They had people in the box yep. that were wiring up as they were loading them as fast as they could do it. So yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think we changed out all twelve of them, but I, I think it was either seven or nine. I think say I'm pretty sure it was like seven of them that they changed yep. out in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, you had five minutes to open the car, figure yeah. out which ones were broken, replace them, and close the car back up. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that, that was one of the most impressive pit crew things I have ever seen at World Finals, and I know Nick was part of that change. So, but I, I always thought it was the O'Reilly's vans, but you're saying that was John. No, we we, no, Scotty was going against the O'Reilly's. That's why you okay. probably got it. In, yeah, he was in one lane, they were in the other one. Actually just talked to Alan Riley two weeks ago. Um, he's He happens to be busy on Monday nights. He bowls the league on Monday nights. Um, and he actually bowls. I know he actually bowls with a couple of Hall of Fame professionals, so I'm kind of kind of a little jealous on that side. But that's cool, um, uh, you know. And I actually plan on moving down there by Allen, uh, you know, probably in about eight to ten years. But um, he did say his brother would be interested in coming on, so we're gonna have the other Riley brother on there. So it's uh, Allen and um, is it Bob Robert, right? Bob, yeah. Bobby, Bob Riley. Yeah. So um, great pair of guys, hardcore competitors, a little bit before your time, Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> but they were awesome competitors. Um, so uh, now that we got that part um, understood. Uh, Wyatt, is there any rules or stuff? Because we started this last week, so we just like to continue it a little bit because uh, we have about another 20 minutes left in the program today because, once again, somebody's got to go bowling. Just saying. Uh <laughs> Uh, man, hey, bowling pays good. I made eight hundred bucks bowling this Saturday, so not bad. I got to go have a good time, and they paid me eight hundred bucks to do it. So, um, anyway, uh, anything you would like to see in the rules, modify modifications, anything like that, Wyatt? Um, yeah, I mean, we we talked about a few things at finals uh -huh. um, that were were either um, like we you know we had a couple gray area um things mm -hmm. uh one i think has to be a clarification on you know the the lifting of the vehicles <laughs> yeah we hit that one pretty strong um uh, uh let me see let me pull it up on my phone real quick actually i got it right here uh let's see who did i talk to about that that was um, anything else? Go ahead and talk, and I'll uh, get. Oh, here we go. Aaron Bryant. So that's uh, sound check, Aaron. And we actually had that discussion, and um, he agrees. He's like, "Hey, you know, we weren't trying to violate any rules, and he didn't. I mean, they send us pictures, all the judges, and I will tell you, I looked hard to find a violation of the rule, and I couldn't come up with one." Um, and, and I think he's right in saying that he's doing this to help clarify rules. You know, um, I don't think we should have let it go that far, but that's something that happened way prior to this. Uh, on the European side, they were building these cars up super tall way before they ever made did that in the United States. But now that it's here in our face, we're forced to to deal with it. Um, Nick, do you have any rules or clarifications you're interested in seeing possibly? Um, like I said, I would like to see the, I would like to get rid of the, the voltage stuff. I think that's just, you know, just encourages. Are you people. talking across the board? Well, I'm just saying the high voltage stuff, the 18 volt, I think we should do away with all that just because the main manufacturer is not going to want to create those items because they, they, they can't use them. And that puts everything back to more consumer based, you know, which I'm not going to call 15,000 watt amp consumer base now, but but honestly, that that unit can then be sold at retail because a, a consumer doesn't feel like he has to 
you know, put in some crazy charging system or something like that. So I like to see that type of stuff go away. You know, and I'm generally for any rule, like the vehicle lift definitely needs to be needs to be dealt with. You know, I don't fault sound checks for doing what they did because, you know, they could do it. But, you know, my my concern is is if something like that's allowed to go on for too long, then it causes a problem because then what then what happens is you get guys on my team, guys on other teams going. Well, if they're not going to fix it, then we're going to be have to be forced to keep up. And then what I'm and the reason I'm concerned about this is is if you get a whole army of these things, it's hard to tell everybody no, which is this which is the boat we're in now and the high voltage stuff. You know, they feel like oh, there's so many of these amps that are out in the marketplace that we can't just outlaw all of them because there's you know all this equipment. So I kind of feel like anytime there's a problem, whether it be this or something else. And it's giving the competitor a competitive advantage. It needs to be dealt with pretty quickly because if not, it's going to spiral out of control too fast, and we can't fix it. I would agree with that. Um, so, so are you advocating for removing voltage limits through all classes, from stock all the way through extreme? I, I mean, I, I'm fine with where they are. I just think the super street classes and the extreme classes need a 16 volt cap, regardless of, of how we get there. They just need to be a 16 volt. Like I said, I want. Oh, so you want to lower the yes. the okay? Yes, we should be sixteen volt cap across across the board on everything, and that way you got these people that are you know they have a twelve volt system charging into the the high fourteen, low fifteen. Fifteen threes, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I would say I would say in fifteen five for a while, but you got these C max guys that are charging at fifteen seven, fifteen eight range. So I think right. sixteen is a is a perfect cap, and then we don't have to worry about it because then everybody has. At the end of the day, a 12 volt charging system. Because if you look back when when manufacturing was prevalent back in like the MTX Rockford days, uh, somebody came to a show as a spectator and they looked in one of those cars and they saw like, for example, the the MTX you know 81,000 Ds or 1501s or what what have you. Right. They could they could look at that equipment and they could they could even though this van has 36 of those, they're never going to put 36 of those in there. But they can say, well, I can afford to buy one of those. Right. And this is what the big guys use. Mm -hmm. So now we're to a point where nobody can come and look at any of my guys' cars and go, oh, they're all running 20,001 amps. Well, I'm definitely not going to buy one of those. So I, we're never, never going to have a perfect solution for it, but I think it needs to kind of narrow it back into where it's at least in the, oh, that I could, I could at least buy that and put it in my car as opposed to I have to have something special. Well, I, I will tell you, I'm seeing in daily drivers now a lot of 6,000-watt amplifiers. Yeah, I, I mean that—that so. that was an insane number just 15 years ago, right? Yeah, I mean no, it was like I mean, hell no. Yeah, the the four thousand and six thousands are one of our one of some of our best selling amplifiers. Right. So, but 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 you know, once again, you know, the customer sees that and they think, well, I can, you know, you know, it's all 12 volt based, even though it's a bigger version. It's still, you know, they don't, you know, back in the day, people would have two charging systems or step down modules so the car can run and you know, all this stuff. So now that we just have one system across the board, it, it's a lot easier to talk somebody, you know, a retailer could say, Oh, well, you know, you put a couple extra batteries or what have you, and you, you can, you can do this. It's mm -hmm. a lot, a lot different than, you know, how it used to be. Well, we're going to have two alternators. We're going to have one charge in your bank and we're going to have one that runs your car. That's, that's right. a little retarded, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I will say, uh, Remember, guys, uh, once again, for you guys listening back at home on the podcast or watching here, uh, Wayne's essential rule 
is um, if there's a class that you want to add, you have to remove a class. So always think whenever you suggest to a judge or to Wayne or whatever that, hey, we want to add this class, like the freestyle. Um, I had a lot of people uh, wanting to add like power classes in the freestyle. What's your thoughts on that, uh, Wyatt? Um, adding the power classes in the freestyle, I've, I'm torn on it because a lot of the people that I was pushing people toward in that are people that there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to clamp their speaker wires <laughs> or they've got eight pairs of them or what, you know, whatever's going on. Yep. Um, so if there are power classes, you know, I, I don't know that a lot of people are, I'm going to be able to, to put them in those classes. Cause I just won't be able to clamp them. Right. Um, so for me at my shows, I do two classes for the, uh, freestyle. I do stock and I do super street and you fall into one of those two classes. Right. You know, um, and I'm getting about six people in each one of those classes every show. Um, and it, and like you said, it's a couple of the competitors that, you know, they're they're like 151 ish, but they want to see that 156 or 155. So, yeah, I'm going to jump into freestyle this time, you know, so that's what I'm seeing on the competitors. Um, uh, well, uh, Nick, what, what year did you start uh, sponsoring the rings, by the way? Uh, I think we're about five or six years into it now. I mean, I've, uh, yeah, somewhere in that range. I don't, I don't know exactly when. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, that that's awesome. So six, maybe 16 ish somewhere in that range. It may have been 15. I, I, I can't keep track. Um, no, that that's that's awesome. Like I said, it's it's really cool. If you uh, guys happen to win a ring at World Finals, it has the Incriminator logo on one side, and then has your information on the other side. Um, and like I said, that's that's solely as soon as uh, Wayne announced a ring sponsor. Did you go to him for that? No, I have. I don't know. Something happened with someone that was doing it before. I don't remember. Something happened, and it got brought up to me, and. I just told Celise that you know I would take it, and then uh, yep. uh, and then it, it got and then later on it you know it worked out well and it got brought up again. And I finally I just told Celise I was just like, hey, listen, don't <laughs> ask me anymore. The ring, the badge, and the shirt or whatever, just yep. write me in. It's done. Send deal. me an invoice. Just send right? me an invoice or whatever. It's over and done with. So that's pretty. You know, so now I just basically get told you know. Here it is. So that's kind of what we've been doing. And then I get her to order me an extra one. Um, and I've right. got one for all the years. To, we're eventually going to have a display case, something to put them all in. Cause we're, we're, we're hoping if materials have been crazy and we just bought an, a new piece of property, but we're hoping to build a new, a new facility uh, in the next year or so. Um, and we're going to have a lot of that stuff in the, in the new place. So hopefully uh, I've got a whole stack of stuff like that that we'll be able to, to put in, in our you know, a lobby like a lobby, lobby thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I will tell you. Uh, did you see Scotty Johnson's new place today? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I knew oh, all about it. I, I know you knew about it. But him keep in touch. It's been coming for a year. It seems like. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you see it, Wyatt? <laughs> no. Oh, do I post on? What is it? One hundred ninety-three thousand square feet or something like that. 
or no, he's expanding to 193,000. Yeah, he's having to add on. He doesn't have enough warehouse space, believe it or not. Right. It's 160,000 square feet or something like that. Um, is that right there in the Phoenix outskirts, Mesa or something like that? Or where's he at? No, 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 no it's, it's, it's in Knoxville. It's in Knoxville. It's oh, right Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I did post to him. I says, Hey, that Wayne Sleece said, how many cars does it fit? And I said, yeah, that'd be a great place for world finals. It sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have a heart attack. He would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, he's been at world finals when it's been at some really cool places. So, um, but you know, Shoot, he can he can clear out sixty thousand square feet for us for a weekend. Come on, probably he probably could. <laughs> he probably could, even though he's out of space, right? Yeah, he's out of space. Yeah. So no, that that's great. Like I said, it's it's always cool to see people that are um, part of DB Drag or any competition thing, and they have grown into something. Uh, their livelihood and their, you know, not not their existence, but, you know, their livelihood and their identity has grown from DB Drag from just being some guy who competes on the weekends to, um, you know, that's how they support their family. And I mean, how many how many different uh, families do you got working for you, Nick? Uh, got one, two, three, about six or so, six so, or seven. So so you're solely responsible for six additional families. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. how cool is that? That somebody that was just a competitor or just I mean, I don't even know. Did you even compete? Because I only saw you as a pit crew guy. Uh, I competed for a couple of years. And okay. that led me into the manufacturing world. And then that kind of yep. all went away. So. Yeah. So but OK, so, you know, some guy who just had fun on the weekends, essentially, you know, um, and hanging out with his buddies and building crap, uh, turned it into a way to support seven families yeah that that to me uh, is just the most amazing part of all this db drag stuff so um it may actually be more than that because a lot of people that work here are kin are, are kin anyway so oh are I, they I, I've got a couple <laughs> different people here i mean I, I got three or four family members that are related to me that work here so it's, it's a lot more than what it sounds but uh it, when you break it all down uh, like you know it's not as many as it sounds but there but yeah there's a few of us for sure no, that that's freaking awesome. Um, you know, I actually tried. Uh, so my, I have three kids. Um, one of them lives in Reno. One of them lives moved back home with me, and one of them lives in Wichita. I gave all three of them the opportunity. Hey, I will buy you a DB drag trailer. We'll set it all up, and you guys can do show. I mean, serious though, right? It there's what what good? Would, I mean, if we had shows in Kansas, and my daughter can do them out there, and say she makes $500 a weekend or whatever, yeah. but she puts on these shows, it can grow DB Drag, right? No, for sure. For and, sure. and it grows our influence. And that's, and that's, pretty much how, that's pretty much how everything starts. Is you got to start somewhere. I said a lot of people that worked for me were, you know, somebody I knew and went to school with, and they needed a job, cousin or whatever, mm -hmm. and then, you know, they come to work one day, and then you don't think anything about it or they get it. Like I had one, one guy that was a friend of the family got a summer job and he was 15 or something. And <laughs> that was 10 years ago. He's like 25 now and he still works here. So it's just amazing how, how something, you know, I give somebody a summer job and then they never leave, you know, <laughs> you have to kick them out. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's you, there's rusty, there's Scotty Johnson. Um, you know, uh, who else can you name? 
off the top of your head. I mean, those those are three big, and I, I deal with you guys on a regular basis, right? So that's why. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean that were competitors first? Competitors, and then all of a sudden branched out and started, you know. I mean, they're, you know, I don't know. You know, Jake at Sundown competed for a while, so. Yeah, Jake, Jake at Sundown. You have uh, Roger at. Um, a Crossfire. At Crossfire. You have yeah. Jeffrey over at Crossfire, too, now. Right. So, yeah, I would say I would say probably there, you know, half of the at least half of the niche companies are you know, started competitor based in some form or fashion. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just uh, to me personally, I think that's awesome. You know, I, I've been in the game now. You know, I, I was a competitor in 99 or 98 was when I first started competing, uh, got into manufacturing in early 2000. And, um, you know, I was doing R&D for companies in late 99. So, um, you know, all that stuff was, uh, I, I just think it's awesome that that's actually became people's livelihood. I mean, just to me, that's one of the cool things about this whole thing. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's YouTubers uh, that, oh, Steve Mead, right? Steve Mead, one, a huge YouTube guy, started in DB Drag, competitor. Now he makes more off of that than you probably do in your company. <laughs> he just makes he he does very well at that YouTube thing. So you know, yeah, I tell people you know a lot of people have you know had a business and they started out as a hobby and turned into a business, started out of control. You know, uh, people ask me you know fairly often like you know when I'm and my my joke is is you know I uh, started doing it for fun and the next thing you know I woke up and there was my logo on everything that I own. It's just kind of one of those things you don't really, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, having a kid in your house, you know, you have them and you don't really notice day to day how much bigger they get or how they grow until you don't see family for six months and they're like, holy crap, he's got big. So yep. companies kind of the same thing, you know, you don't really know it when you're in the middle of it, but, yep. uh, but when you start telling stories like these, oh, you know, in 99 and you start thinking, yeah, that was like forever ago, Did you know? I, I remember you working out of your garage. Tell, yep. you, we, you and I were talking about, man, I got to get this metal build, building over here and yep. I might, might just yep. have to put something on my parents' property. And, yep. you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of where, and then, you know, and then we've moved from there yep. to a bigger place, to mm -hmm. another bigger place. And now I'm here and this place isn't big enough. And, you know, we just, like I said, we just bought property to, right before Halloween um, to build an even bigger building. Yeah. Um, you know, I was hoping to have that done by next summer, but that's not going to happen. I can't even get the, you know, some of these places we're talking to now have got a 40 plus week lead time on getting Ooh. building material. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll probably be in there 23 or so. so I guess <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to suffer one more year of excitement. So, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm in the construction field. I'm a superintendent. Uh, I'm building uh, a VA building right now. And, um, I just talked to my door guy and he goes, yeah, no problem. I can have your doors in 25 weeks. Well, I turn over the space March 1st. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit before 25 weeks. So yeah, yeah that's, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the procurement of materials for construction. Yeah. That's, it's killing me right now. My job sites. Um, why? What, so where, what are your plans uh, for DB drag this coming year? If you don't mind us getting to that, sure. Um, well, I'm not quite as lucky as you. I can't start my shows in two weeks because we just got <laughs> snow today, and we're getting another four inches tomorrow. Um, 
So we can't have quite the, the length of season that you guys can have out there. Um, probably looking at late March, early April, we'll have our first show. We usually call it frost off around here. Yep. Um, and you know, things have been weird because we had a year we didn't do shows and then with the whole COVID stuff and getting venues and event space has been tricky. Um, my hope this year, I've got a few, few shows that are, are tentative now, hopefully get those lined up. Um, you know, my, my hope is every other weekend ish have a show, um, somewhere around here. Sounds like they're going to want us to go back and do the Michigan show as well. Uh, not sure on timing for that one. That'll be a three X. Um, and you know, oh, yeah, tr try to get in some sort of cadence every other weekend somewhere then, in there. And so then what about can, slam? Right. And you know, the, these guys gotta be able to get points. You know, that was the big struggle last year is I was able to get a few shows in, but mm -hmm. no one around here, um, unless they were driving to Indiana or, you know, something like that. Um, they just weren't able to get points. And so my hope is next year, get these shows going on a cadence again, get these guys pulled back in and give them more opportunity to get their points. Cause you know, sometimes that can be a big struggle. Okay. Um, so, um, like I said, we talked about your subwoofers and, uh, I'm going to take advantage of this, uh, this guy not being at the bowling alley. So I might have to make some money out there again. I, I really enjoy making money. I even, I, it's even more fun when I take it from somebody at the bowling alley. So, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, real quick, um, how do we get a hold of you, Wyatt? Uh, if one of a competitor wants to host an event or uh, something like that, what what do we do f to get a hold of you and whatnot? Uh, best is to just message me on Facebook. Um, I, I'm pretty responsive on there. I'm working on getting a page set up that I'll I'll put under a name and have my events and stuff under as well, but. Um, if you're interested in hosting something in the Midwest, um, definitely just reach out to me directly on Facebook and we'll try to make something happen. Okay. Uh, Nick, what do you have, uh, coming up, uh, anything newer and exciting? I, you said new, new subs, new amps. Um, are you well, going since, to CES, any of that stuff? Yeah, I, I'm actually leaving, uh, this coming weekend headed to CES. I'm not really sure how that's going to go down. It may, it's going to probably be more of a hangout trip than a business trip because <laughs> most everybody's not coming it seems like so yeah me and wayne aren't coming either so yeah so we're gonna go we got a few things we got to do for some customers and stuff so we'll be there for that um but yeah so that's kind of the next big thing i guess since you guys are plugging shows we'll go ahead and get it out of the way april 23rd triple <laughs> fest for all the competitors that's creamer do what is it creamer yeah he'll be there and we'll have the so we have a triple drag, a triple Mecca, and a triple Iaska. Uh, we have everybody there for that. That's why it's called Triple Fest. So that, that's April 23rd. It's a one-day single event. Same place we had World Finals at. Um, so we'll be doing that uh, in April. And is that your event then? Yeah, Triple Fest is our event. That's how that's how uh, Wayne and Celise actually saw the, the venue to know to have, try to have the show there. Um, that's when Wayne came down and wanted to try the whole, uh, freestyle thing out. And that's gotcha. how kind of all that, that stuff just kind of fell together because, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's quote unquote an outdoor venue, but yet it's a fairground. So they still had some stuff so we could get, a, get around the COVID problem. So. Very cool. All right. 
Well, uh, and for me, obviously, we're going to get some shows going here. If you guys check out the IASCA for California, I think he's got a early January show coming up. Um, I'm going to put my series together here coming pretty soon. If you guys watch closely, you'll start seeing that. We'll have at least one to two shows a month out in Sacramento. We'll have one, at least one show a month in Reno. We're going to have one show a month in Fresno, possibly a second one. Uh, and we have a new venue potentially right here in Stockton, California, which may be another venue. So we'll be doing at least four shows a month. Uh, right here it, within, you know, for, for us on the West Coast, it's a reasonable drive. It's only five, six hours one way. Um, and we're still in the same state. So uh, just so you guys know, uh, that's how we roll out here. Um, so when you guys say, hey, all those shows going on in California, realize that they are not exactly right next door to each other. Uh, and if we were on the East Coast, we might be two, three states away from, you know, from one venue to the next. So... Uh, keep that in mind. Um, also, if you want to uh, tip the host, uh, this tips for the host are Venmo at Sonic FX, Cash App, dollar sign Sonic FX. You can uh, see the link in the description on Facebook and YouTube, along with anywhere that I post this as a podcast. Uh, let's see, what else do we got going on? I am still in search of a co host, I'm looking for a permanent co host. Um, I would ask Nick, but he's not very fun. Uh, you know, hey, look, dude, just just here. Yeah, usually you're putting your daughter to bed about this time. So well, I don't, well, I don't have a daughter. So that's oh, you have a son. Fun. Sorry, sorry, you're putting your son, you're putting your son to bed about this time usually, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is bedtime. So I appreciate you coming on tonight. Talk about your subwoofers. Um, but yeah, that's so uh, I'm, I am looking for somebody. I was kind of hoping um, I might get Hank Beach on here because uh, he would be interesting to have on here, I would think. <laughs> um, also, I am uh, reconsidering the sponsorship uh, for the podcast. So uh, we may start taking sponsors uh, without Lucky helping to share in the cost of uh, putting on this event. The, uh, the costs are going to go up on me drastically. So uh, since I got to cover all the costs, I got to help recoup those costs. Um, but always remember, support those who support us. Nick with Incriminator absolutely supports DB Drag and multiple organizations every single year. You can find his name on all that stuff. Um, oh, that's Scotty texting me. I already saw that, Scotty. Thank you. Um uh, cause he'll, he's going to be at CES Monday instead of being on my program. Like CES is important. I mean, geez, come on. Right. Um, anyway, I am looking for a permanent host. We are going to start, uh, talking around. I, I need to find somebody, uh, to sit in permanently, which I would appreciate if you guys have any suggestions, you guys can always hit me up, uh, people for guests, uh, new products coming out, just hit me up and let me know and we will come on and talk about them to kind of share them with our audience. And uh, we're still getting, we, we've kind of pretty much a stalemate. We're at about 1,100 views and podcast downloads every every week. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, we had a lot of people watching us tonight. Thank you to uh, Nick Wright. Remember, you can watch us on, or you can listen to this back on podcast on uh uh what's it called on iheart itunes spotify apple podcast 
um, uh, Podbean, anywhere else you see, um, anywhere else you see uh, the a podcast or you want to listen to it, let me know if it, if I don't if it's not available this week in Car Audio or Twicka, as I'm kind of labeling it to help uh, shorten it up a little bit. But if you guys want to sponsor the show, hit me up in private messenger, email, phone call, text. I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Just go to Google, say Doug Stockton, and my phone number will pop up multiple times. You can ask Nick. You can ask Wyatt. You can ask anybody. Everybody's got my phone number. Um, but like I said, once again, um, oh, Wyatt, real quick. We haven't asked you. We have already asked Nick. Uh, Wyatt, what is your version of a bass head? Uh, what was next? Uh, don't worry about it. Let me hear yours. <laughs> um, I honestly, I, I view it as anyone who has some subwoofers in their car and, it, and is enjoying them. There you go. Yep. We, we like to say people that are proud of what they have and they have the bug, right? So yep. um, that's per that's a pretty common one. Um, I don't care if you have a skateboard with a boombox in your head. If you're there because you have that. And I mean, for me, when I was a little kid, uh, when I was like 14, 15, I used to listen to Bismarck. E. I'd stick a balloon in front of the subwoofer in the house speaker and lean up against it so I can hear the thud against my chest. You know, so I've kind of been into bass for a long time. Um, I had my for my uh, room in a basement, and I used to corner load a single fifteen in the in the basement to reverberate throughout the basement. Um, so yeah, so yeah, just somebody who enjoys the culture and the uh, feelings you get from the subwoofer, and you know the people that are part of the whole uh, you know the whole culture and the uh, and the uh, lifestyle. So that's it for me. So. But anyway, once again, I want to say uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Wyatt, for tuning in. Thank you for everybody listening on the podcast or on YouTube or Facebook. Remember, hit the like, share button. The more we get this out, the more people get to see this, get to learn about what we're doing. And always remember, bring one person with you to every show, and in one year, we will double our participation. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming on today, and we will see you guys uh, next week, 6 p.m. on Monday night on This Week in Car Audio with I don't know who my guest is going to be, but we will find somebody. I might even talk to Tristan or uh, Tiffany about being a guest host next week and see how that goes. Anyway, guys, once again, thank you for being here, and good night. All right, guys, we're in the outro. Oh, he already shut off. Hey, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it, bud. <laughs>